Welcome, Rams fans, to the latest episode of the 11 Personnel Podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am Rich Hammond, Rams beat writer for the Athletic, joined by Jake Reiner of CBS2 Los Angeles. And we are now officially, Jake, into the meat of the offseason. Welcome. There's still football being played. Jake, yesterday, uh, Monday, was the one-year anniversary of the Rams making the Super Bowl, a day that I certainly will not forget. And I just kind of sat there a little bit yesterday thinking, wow, how far have we come in in one year? Jake, if we had told Rams fans a year ago uh, that in, in 365 days, you're going to be looking at a team that went nine and seven, didn't make the playoffs, got rid of Wade Phillips, lost John Fossil, looking at a, a major offseason overhaul. Not sure uh, people would have believed that, but really speaks to how quickly things can change in the NFL, both positively and negatively. And and I think maybe you know the Rams fans can take some solace in that, Jake, and that uh, if if it took that dramatic of a swing from from one year to the next. There's nothing to say that it can't swing back and that the Rams can't get back to where they were a year ago, but uh, certainly an interesting time for reflection. I know where I was that day, sitting in the Superdome, not really believing what I was seeing, was still waiting for that penalty flag to fly uh, on that pass interference call, which it it never did, and then watching a, a couple of very dramatic field goals from from a kicker who we later found out had an injury he was kicking with a with a sore foot so what a week what a weekend that was and and obviously led into the Super Bowl where were you Jake were you uh, were you, were you paying rapt attention or, or were you off uh, covering some mountain lions or what, what were you doing that weekend <laughs> You know, I probably was covering some sort of mountain lion attack or some sort of car crash somewhere. So I'm very thankful for the opportunity to be able to cover the Rams this season. Unfortunately, they didn't make it to the playoffs. But I just I was watching that game on television and it was one of the most unbelievable moments. I'm talking about the NFC Championship game and that pass interference that just Rich, when you were watching it in the Superdome, did you realize at the moment that it happened that you were watching one of the, what now is one of the most infamous plays in football history? Sure. Yeah, I, I told Vinny and I talked about this. It's It's been a few months ago. I think it was probably right before that, the Saints game this season. But I'll tell you ex- my exact thought process as I was watching that in real time, you know, knowing the situation, I think it was third and 13. Uh, there was about two minutes left in, in the game at that point, tie game. And, and I watched the play and I see, you know, Nikel Roby hit uh, uh, Tommy Lee Lewis. I always want to call him Tommy Lee Jones, but uh, <laughs> Tommy Lee Lewis. And, and my thought process went directly from the game is over because I knew the situation and I knew if there was a pass interference penalty there, the game was essentially over because uh, the Saints, at the very least, could have run down the clock to the last, you know, 10 seconds or whatever and kicked a field goal. So my, my first thought was the game's over. That's it. And then I'm looking and I'm going, where's the flag there's no there's no flag and then I went directly from there to oh my goodness there's going to be a riot because I just thought like I knew the situation and you could see it you know two steps down the road and not that I'm not saying that Saints fans are violent or anything like that it's just you could feel and I'm sure Vinny would say the same thing or, or anybody else who was there you could just 
feel the energy in that building and not a good energy, but just that, that tension and that anger <laughs> that was going on in that building. And I'm like, oh my goodness, if the Rams win this game. So that's to answer your question, Jake. Yes, I knew immediately that if the Rams won that game, that, or even if they didn't really, but especially if they did, that it was going to be something that nobody was ever going to forget. But look, I mean, we, we we're still talking about it, I guess. And, and I guess we always will, the, the pass interference call, but you know, so many other plays had to happen in that game. And you can say it was a missed call. And yeah, I, I you know, I've watched it back you know, 150 times probably. And, and it, certainly it was pass interference, but it, it's one call in, in a four quarter game that, that also went to overtime. So uh, I would tell Saints fans the same thing I would tell Rams fans is that uh, you, you still need to win the game. You still need to do other things. Uh, you know, the Saints, hey, the Saints play calling on that drive was terrible to even get them in that third and 13 situation that they were in. So uh, you can't just look at one play and say that's that's what decided the game or that sent the Rams to the Super Bowl. No, it didn't. It didn't because then even in overtime, uh, you know, Drew Brees uh, throws an interception. Dante Fowler gets to him, makes a big play. Uh, then John Johnson makes an athletic play for the interception. Greg Zerline makes a 57-yard field goal. So the Rams made those plays in, in those moments. And, uh, you know, but something that, that we'll continue to, to talk about forever, um, you know, as we look back at that uh, NFC championship game. But, Jake, here we are a year later. And, uh, you know, things have started to calm down a little bit for the Rams. We, we spent the last couple weeks kind of in this blizzard of, of news, especially with the, the coaching staff. Uh, like I said, Wade Phillips gone, John Fossil gone, Skip Pete gone, and still waiting to hear. Uh, well, actually, we're still waiting to hear everything <laughs> because the Rams have not yet officially announced any of these hires other than uh, the, the two departures, Wade Phillips and, and John Fossil leaving. I had somebody asked me on Twitter if I was surprised that they have not yet announced uh, Brandon Staley as defensive coordinator and Kevin O'Connell as offensive coordinator. And I said, yes, I am surprised. Uh, the, the, the follow-up question would have been, are you concerned? I didn't get that question. Uh, but the answer would have been, no, I'm, I'm not concerned. I am surprised, given that we're now basically about a week and a half out since that, since that news broke, since those uh, hirings were kind of uh, you know, broken on, on social media and, and then later confirmed. So I'm told, Jake, that it's uh, kind of procedural stuff. You know, contracts actually have to be signed, uh, you know, signatures put on paper, that sort of thing before uh, a team is going to officially uh, announce those sort of things. So no, no thought that anybody's having second thoughts or anybody's, you know, backing out or, or anything like that. I haven't gotten any uh, real indication as far as that's concerned, but we are still waiting, right? And and we're also still waiting to hear who might replace John Fossil, who might replace Skip Pete. Those are things that we have not yet heard. But uh, Jake, are, are you concerned? Are you are you getting uh, strange vibes from the fact that any of these guys haven't been announced yet? I don't think so. And I think what you touched on there, Rich, about the procedural aspect of it, I think that that's what we're looking at right now. We don't have any indication as to why it's taken this long for them to announce because when Wade Phillips was dismissed and when Skip Pete was fired and all of those moves that you just mentioned were reported, the Rams 
pretty quickly confirmed it, whether it was a couple hours later or the next day or whatever. So it's a little strange that it's taken this long for uh, an official word to come from the Rams. And from uh, an observer standpoint, I would like to get all these coaching hires and and, uh, vacant spots figured out before we start looking at the combine, before the we start looking at the draft, before we start looking at free agents. Uh, obviously, the team is can do, you know, can can walk and chew gum. But just from a from an optic standpoint of wanting the coaching staff to be in place and to have all those things figured out so that they can really focus on the roster, because when you look at any given team, the roster really is the the bread and butter. But I started to think, though, you know, as I was watching the uh, championship weekend, that the the NFC West is w- one of the toughest, if not the toughest, division in football. I mean, since two thousand eight, when uh, the Cardinals uh, uh, went to the Super Bowl, there have been uh, eight times an NFC West uh, team has made it to the NFC title game. And six of those times an NFC West team has made it to the Super Bowl. So you're talking in the very recent past, the NFC West kind of being, you know, always in the conversation when you get to the end of the playoffs and in the Super Bowl. The only problem has been is an NFC West team winning the Super Bowl. And that only happened once during that time span since 2008, which was the Seattle Seahawks in 2014 and Super Bowl 48. So it is interesting to see all of this turnover from the Rams one season removed from uh, the Super Bowl appearance in 2018. But it's also not really that surprising when you consider the competition that they have to go up against. Arizona was sort of a non-factor this year. But if you think about playing both the 49ers and the Seahawks twice in a season, that's a, those are really tough matchups. And the Rams played the Seahawks pretty tough this year. Uh, they could have won both of those games. And a lot of people argue that they should have won both of those games. I think they should have won both of those games. And certainly the Rams should have won one of the two 49er games. The uh, the one late in the season, I thought definitely they should have won. The one earlier in the season, the 49ers kind of dominated there. So if you think about just the competitiveness of the NFC West, I, I think these moves, these shakeups, the coaching shakeups make a lot of sense to me. Great uh, stat there, Jake. I, I think it bears repeating, even though you, you just said it. I mean, 2008, uh, the Arizona Cardinals make the Super Bowl. Every team in the NFC West has, has gone to the Super Bowl. Uh, Arizona that year, Seattle, the Rams, uh, San Francisco. Uh, my goodness, uh, that's quite a quite a division during that time. I don't off the top of my head. I, I can't imagine another division has had that uh, in that short a period of time. So, yeah, I, I think it speaks to something that we even talked about in the last podcast is that in making these moves, I, I applaud Sean McVay because uh, it's it's an indication that they're not static, that they're not just looking at nine and seven and saying, well, that was good enough. And if we make a little, couple little tweaks here and there, we get some health, uh, everything will turn around and it'll be fine. I, I don't think they're looking at it that way. 
And for all the reasons that you mentioned, Jake, I don't think they should look at it that way because this is a very competitive uh, division and, and you do have to be bold and, and proactive and that sort of thing. And, and I'll be curious to see whether that carries over to the roster too. I, I don't know. I'm not sitting here saying, oh, they need to overhaul the, the roster or make huge changes or anything like that. But yeah, Jake, I mean, my goodness, the, the, the 49ers are in the Super Bowl. Uh, they clearly seem to be a, a young team on the rise. It's not like they're a one-year fluke. Uh, I think they'll, they'll probably be around for a little while. The thing I'll be curious, just as a little bit of a parenthetical here, is uh, you saw what happened to the, the Rams this year and a little bit of maybe natural regression. I'll be interested to see how the 49ers handle next season when they, like the Rams this year, have some expectations to deal with when uh, you know teams probably double down on some of that film study and, and what they're doing. So uh, I'll be fascinated to see kind of the comparison there to, to how they handle next season. But I expect them to be very strong against Seattle just Seattle never goes away. I mean, they, they might have these little kind of ebbs and flows, but but they're just a, such a solid organization. I think even even if you don't like them, I think you have to admit that or at least respect them for that. And then Arizona, we don't know. A, you know, a young team uh, that, that seems to be on the rise. Uh, they, they have some issues there in, in personnel that I, I don't know if that can get resolved in, in one offseason or even two offseasons. Uh, to where they're they're a contending team, but uh, certainly a, a young team with some some good pieces and a, a very bright young head coach. So it's not like this is going to get any easier for the Rams in 2020. So yeah, these these moves that they're making, you you can certainly understand uh, the mindset and and why they think they just can't be static and and go into 2020 with the same uh, the same coaching staff even. But Jake, one thing we did learn we've we've spent time there talking about things that we haven't yet learned about the coaching staff, but Interesting news over the past week that broke that Joe Barry uh, apparently, reportedly, uh, was offered the USC defensive coordinator position and did not take it. And as of now, uh, seems to be set to return to the Rams as linebackers coach. He also holds the assistant head coach uh, title. No indication that there's going to be any change there, but that'll be interesting to see also. But uh, Jake, I'll admit I'm a little surprised by this. I, I thought, you know, knowing Joe Barry and he's uh, he's kind of a USC guy. I think that's probably the best way to put it. Uh, I was told in in talking to some some Rams folks that it's kind of a combination. You know, things at USC there are not uh, real stable. Uh, Clay Helton is returning for 2020, but uh, you know, if you, if you put money on it, you probably wouldn't bet on him there, being there. For the long term, so I think you can maybe understand why a guy like Joe Barry, kind of a more veteran coach, he's in the NFL right now, maybe you don't give up uh, something that's more of a sure thing uh, to take a little bit of a gamble, but uh, just knowing, you know, kind of Joe and, and how much he, he liked USC, I'm a little surprised at that move after, you know, him not getting the Rams defensive coordinator uh, position. So, I mean, what what did you think, Jake? I, 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 to be honest, in my head, I had already kind of penciled in like, okay, Joe Barry probably leaves. Uh, Chris Shula probably steps in as, as the linebackers coach, knowing how much uh, Sean McVay values him, some past connections even with, with Brandon Staley. So uh, were you were you surprised by me that uh, 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 surprises me that uh, that Joe Barry returns or, or did you kind of see that coming? 
I had also penciled Joe Barry in as a a, a, U, a new USC defensive coordinator. I definitely thought that sort of with Wade Phillips being gone, John Fossil being gone, the Rams were kind of moving in a different direction. And Joe Barry is 49 years old. And without looking it up, it, it seems like he is now the oldest coach on the, on the coaching staff. This coaching wow. staff is getting a lot younger. So, um, yeah, it, de- it definitely seemed like that's the way it was going. But then again, you think about it, and I don't know whether it says more about the Rams or the USC Trojans, uh, the USC Trojans yeah. being bad and the Rams opportunity being that much better. I'm not sure, you know, which which one is which one outweighs the other, but I think in at USC definitely there is some uh it says it says a lot about that because that is a high profile job even though it's it's college football it's a high profile job it would have been Joe Barry's you know going back to his alma mater and all of that but there was a lot of talk before they they announced that Clay Helton would be back about how bringing Clay Helton back may may affect recruitment at the school and everybody was talking about will USC be able to be an attractive school to big time high school players but no one really seemed to think about the fact that it could affect coaching hires as well so uh, that's a whole different you know can of worms over there at USC but I'm glad to see Joe Barry back I was one of the people talking about before um, they the news came out about Brandon Staley of considering Joe Barry as the defensive coordinator for the Rams. I really like what he's done with the linebackers, specifically with Corey Littleton. I think that he's developed him a lot and he's in Littleton's definitely grown. I mean, he led the team in tackles last year by a large margin. So having Joe Barry return. I don't know if that means that the Rams are thinking about going with Corey Littleton in terms of their free agent decisions, but it would make sense. It would be, I think, an attractive piece to uh, bring to the negotiating table with Corey Littleton. Look, we're bringing Joe Barry back. We want uh, to keep the consistency there. We like what we see in you and we want to keep you here in Los Angeles. Of course, that would that could spell the end for a guy like Michael Brockers or another guy like Dante Fowler, who are also free agents. So I like this move in a lot of ways. I think that um, I think it definitely brings that experience uh, back to the Rams or, or certainly carrying over the experience of uh, Joe Barry in from last season to uh, this upcoming season. So I really I really like the move. I think you do need someone in there that has been around the block as as long as Joe Barry has. Yeah, that that's that's a great point, uh Jake, especially when the rest of your staff is so young. I, I think there's if that if it hasn't already taken place and chances are it probably hasn't, but a, a real important meeting is going to be with Brandon Staley and Joe Barry uh, just to talk about different kinds of philosophies, things like that, how you like your linebackers to play, how you have them line up in, in certain schemes or, or whatever it might be. We, we talked a little bit last week about 
how multiple those those Brandon Staley defenses and you know by by extension the Vic Fangio uh, defenses are. So it's certainly not going to be the same kind of look. You're probably not going to play the linebackers ex- exactly the same way, but. Uh, Joe Barry certainly is going to be an asset there. I know some Rams fans had some issues with him when we were talking about the potential of him being the uh, defensive coordinator, and I, a lot of people, you know, looked askew at that because oh, he'd he'd done it twice and he'd been fired twice, and you know, Detroit Lions and all this stuff. And and I understand, um, but it, it, you certainly can't argue against uh, him as a position coach and, and the experience that he has great communicator uh somebody who's if you saw jake i'll 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 throw it to to you know your your cbs your coaches show the one uh, that i distinctly remember when you know joe barry filled in for for sean mcveigh uh one week and they did the video breakdown i mean the the breakdowns he was able to do uh were were very impressive and they should be (laughs) he's an nfl coach uh not uh it sounds like a little bit of faint praise oh he can break down a defense uh but (laughs) i I was particularly kind of impressed with with the way that he was able to to communicate that kind of stuff so uh to have that on your staff and to, to have somebody that experienced uh i think is is very big and uh, a great point to have that, and and I think uh, looking at the other side of the ball, I think Aaron Cromer is maybe a little bit older than than Joe Barry, but similar similar age, and and again maybe even the same type of thing that you're talking about is is you have somebody who's who's you know been around the block a few times, who's who's seen a lot, who's coached in some different places, and has seen a lot of uh, NFL offenses and defenses and and that sort of thing, and there's definitely some some value in that you can say there's a lot of value in bringing in these young guys who have fresh ideas and who whose stuff hasn't been seen uh, around the NFL a whole lot and and I agree with that but that there's also a lot of value in uh in bringing in some or keeping some experienced guys who've who've seen everything pretty much and and when you talk about guys like Joe Barry and, and Aaron Cromer uh certainly at the top of the list as far as the the Rams are concerned but uh, Jake, the other guy is Aubrey Pleasant, and and I, I did ask uh, about him, and uh, the answer I got was kind of, uh, you know, we'll see, TBD kind of deal. Uh, the fact that he's still on the Rams coaching staff, I think you have to see as a positive if, if you're a fan, a follower who who hopes Aubrey Pleasant stays around. I mean, kind of like, you know, every day that goes off the calendar here uh, increases the chance that that he will stay with the Rams. Uh, Coaching staffs are starting to get filled up, whether it's in the NFL or even in college, uh, you know, the top programs. Uh, starting to fill those holes that they might have had at, at the end of the season. So again, every day, every week that passes, and and Aubrey Pleasant doesn't doesn't take another job, then uh, it increases the chances that uh, that he's going to stay. So we'll see. I, I can see it going either way, Jake. I mean, it's it's a it's an interesting spot for a guy like that because he's still very young, thirty three, I think, uh, thirty four at max uh, years old. So. Uh, I, I don't know what the next natural progression would be for him. I mean, I, I certainly could have seen uh, the Rams taking a big swing and, and promoting him to defensive coordinator. I, I don't know whether another NFL team would do that right now. 
Uh, I also don't know whether Aubrey has any desire to to go to to college. I mean, a lot of guys once they get in the NFL, that's that's their trajectory. They don't they don't want to veer from it. They want to eventually become an NFL uh, a defensive coordinator. So when you look at it realistically, I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if if Aubrey left and and got a job uh, somewhere else. But but if he sees his trajectory as hey, I stay on the staff, and, you know, I, I continue to make my name, continue to uh, you know, build a, a good resume with the Rams and, and then, you know, another job comes along in a year or two. Uh, I still think that's probably the most likely scenario at this point, but I, I really don't know. Do you, do you, do you want to, do you want to make a guess on it? Yeah, I'll take a swing at it. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I think if there were, I think if there was another opportunity for Aubrey Pleasant to be a, a defensive coordinator, we know he has gotten some consideration in the past Obviously, that would be a step up from where he is right now as a positions coach. But if there isn't that opportunity, I can't see him making any type of lateral move, especially from a franchise like the like the L.A. Rams. They're in a really good spot. They're moving into a new stadium. They've been really good since they've moved back to Los Angeles. So, I, I you know, from that standpoint, it just seems like a, a really good fit. They The players seem to really get along with him well. Um, he's really done a nice job with uh, with the corners. But I kind of want to ask you, Rich, to get your thoughts on this. And I, you know, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but Uh-oh. with a guy like, you know, Jalen Ramsey, and I, I, I assume that the Rams are are factoring him into the future uh, in some degree. They they did give up a lot to get him. Do you feel like someone like Jalen Ramsey, sort of high profile guy like that, would have a, a say in? in you know having Aubrey Pleasant stick around is it something that that a player like that would would voice that's a great question um yeah I I think so we we saw it in 2017 when the Rams brought in a new coaching staff and ironically enough they kept Skip Pete and one of the things that we heard was that he had such a, a great relationship uh with Todd Gurley and that was one of the things that would I don't know whether it was ever publicly stated it might have been but certainly is something that i heard more than once was uh the the strength of that relationship and uh the importance of kind of having some continuity with that position so uh, would it would it influence them to keep a guy they wouldn't otherwise keep no i don't i don't think so i, I don't think there'd be a situation where they say you know oh we really don't like this guy but you know player X really likes him. So I guess we'll keep him. So I, I don't see that happening. But uh, if, it was, if it was a situation where uh, there was a particularly, you know, close bond there and uh, the coach was uh, somebody who was valued anyway, and maybe it's a, a matter of, oh, you know, you throw him a few extra thousand dollars to, to keep him around or another year on the contract or whatever it might be. I think you look at that a little bit. I don't think you make decisions based on it, but is it a factor? One of the factors? Yeah, I think it could be. So, you know, the the Rams, hey, uh, this Jalen Ramsey situation, it's surely something that we'll uh, talk about more into the offseason. But when you look at that, 
Uh, Jalen Ramsey has a lot of power right now, and uh, he he's can play under the he can play under the fifth year option uh, of his of his rookie contract. But uh, after that, he he holds a lot of the power in in this relationship, and in, in terms of whether or not he comes back or the Rams lose him to to free agency or that sort of thing. So you know we're we're taking a couple steps down down the line. Uh, I, I'm not even frankly real sure how that how strong that relationship is uh, with Aubrey Pleasant. But I, we do know f- for sure uh, exactly what you said, Jake, is that the, he, he does have a strong bond with those guys. I, I think, uh, you know, players at a certain position kind of take on the, the personality almost of, of their coach or of their position coach and that sort of thing. And uh, I think you have seen that with the cornerbacks just in the way they kind of carry themselves and, and the attitude that they have. And, and I mean that in a positive way because uh, because he's been – a good influence on those guys, especially some of the younger guys. So all things being equal, Jake, you you, know, you talk about some of these young guys that they're trying to develop to, whether it's uh, David Long or, or Williams or even Troy Hill being a, a relatively young guy. Uh, that's a pretty good position right now for, for the Rams. And uh, to, to think that they might have to replace Aubrey Pleasant or uh, you know, go in a different direction. I, I don't think that's something they, they need to do right now or, or something that they that they want to do right now. So that, that'll be the next thing. But uh, Jake, I, I think it circles back well to your point that you like to have some finality uh, to this and, and not only us as reporters, but uh, you know, fans like to have it too. Uh, but the, the team, it's, it's important for the team to, to have that stability and to know exactly what they're dealing with because as you said, we're, we're heading into, we're heading into the, the off season here. Uh, and things go very, very quickly. I, I wanted to run through some some dates here, and maybe Jake, you know, tell me which ones kind of jump out to you in terms of importance. But all of these things are, are very important in terms of having that coaching staff in place, developing that identity on both sides of the ball, any changes they might want to make, all of those things. Because you talk about it in, in just one month, basically one month from today, everybody will be going to Indianapolis. Uh, for for the for the combine for the draft combine uh, February twenty fifth uh, excuse me twenty fourth uh, and then all that week is when they'll do their evaluations interviews you, you see you know the old meat market thing of them running the forty and lifting and all that stuff so uh, that starts on the twenty fourth the franchise tag period is something that we can talk about because that runs from February twenty fifth. To March 10th, the Rams need to, in fairly short order, decide if there's anybody who makes sense to tag. That's that's a financially uh, almost a prohibitive uh, thing because those tags cost so much money. But if there's a player you just don't want to lose and you're afraid you're going to otherwise lose him, uh, you have to identify that pretty quickly. Uh, because by March 10th, you have to you have to make those decisions. And then just one week after that, March 16th, so less than two months from now, uh, the free agency period opens. So, Jake, you know, these things you think like, oh, that's two months from now. You know, that's a long way down the road. But these things happen so fast. And the Rams, in, in fairly short order here, need to figure out exactly 
which players they're going to be targeting, which ones, if they do let walk away, they feel like they can replace, which ones uh, are are worth losing, maybe even for for a compensatory draft pick, things like that. So it's not that there's no there's no downtime here. You might see coaches taking a, a little bit of a vacation, uh, but uh, those front office guys, it's uh, the, the work never ever stops. I just have this image of Sean McVay never going on vacation and just continuing to watch film and look and, and do research. I don't know. I just feel like that that guy never sleeps and 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 similarly Les Snead, those guys, you know, work around the clock. So like I was saying earlier, these guys can walk and chew gum at the same time. What I mean by that is they can look for a coach and also prepare for the combine and prepare for free agency, but it does help when you are targeting players in free agency to have that coaching staff in place to say, look, here's our product. We're moving into a new stadium. We want you to be a part of this franchise moving forward. Here are our coaches. You know, here's what they bring to the table. Here's what you can benefit from these coaches. And specifically talking about some of the bigger free agents that the Rams have in Dante Fowler and Corey Littleton, you want to be able to say, here's our defensive coordinator, Brandon Staley, and this is what he means. And we know you guys love Wade Phillips, but this is, you know, the direction we're going in and kind of make it make the offer more attractive to stay in Los Angeles. Or if you're talking about outside free agents, whether you want to add depth to the offensive line bringing those guys in and saying, hey, this is this is the idea we have. We, you know, didn't, you know, have such a great offensive output in 2019, but we are going to do this moving forward. Here's our, you know, new running backs coach. Here is our new special teams guy, you know, so those those types of things really do matter, not only from an optic standpoint, from you know the fan base, but also for free agents and uh, and 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 making your team look more attractive. So I think the the free agent thing is is definitely something that I'm I'm keeping my eye on. Obviously, uh, the combine is huge and 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 all of that moving forward. So I'm looking at the Rams, and I'd like to get these coaching hires out of the way so that we can really turn our attention to uh, the personnel. Yeah, I think the combine is is the big date there, and you, you want to have those those guys in place uh, when when they do those interviews and, and things like that. And you know, the other thing, Jake, about this is it's not um, it's not to make an excuse for for what happened in in twenty nineteen, but the the, the clear downside <laughs> sounds funny to even say this, but the clear downside to to making the Super Bowl is that your off season just gets so condensed. And believe me, you you will take this trade off. 11 times out of 10 there's no question about it but but what it does to you is it just it just condenses that that other part of it so much i I think the super bowl last year was on february 3rd uh something like that and and then you look at it and it's like you know basically two weeks later you're at the combine and then free agency and then the draft it's like whoa you know you're just you're just the accelerator gets pushed and 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 things can happen concurrently it's it's not like you know during that during the the two weeks before the Super Bowl, that everybody was just partying and not paying attention <laughs> and doing anything else, clearly they they were you know doing their their normal work and, and their their prep and all of that. But there there are 
obviously worth some uh, divided uh, attention there. Um, so now it's, it's this is the time. You know, you, you talked about taking vacation, and, and I'm sure guys will will get away a little bit. But but even so, you know, even if Sean does take a vacation or less goes away for a little bit, yeah, I'm, I guarantee you they're never far away from their phone or their tablet or, or whatever it might be, and uh, they're they're always in touch and, and always looking ahead to to what's next. So uh, it, th- this is the time. It might seem like a, a, a kind of a boring time or a time where not a whole lot is going on, but I guarantee you that uh, in that Rams headquarters and in those meeting rooms, there's a lot of talk going on right now. And uh, the, the, really the talks that are that are going to shape the, this entire offseason. So we'll start to see the fruit of that uh, before long. So it'll be very interesting. And like we've said throughout, it goes fast and there's always something to talk about, always something to cover and always something to analyze. So we'll be doing that throughout the offseason. We'll start to go some position position by position stuff uh, uh, later on. But uh, Jake. Uh, we'll, I know you continue to cover all the latest Rams news on CBS2 and KCAL9. Uh, I'll be going out to the Inglewood Stadium on Wednesday, tomorrow, to uh, do a little bit of a tour. Always Those always fashionable hard hats that they uh, have us wearing. So I'll be uh, looking around and, and seeing what's going on there. They're getting close. I saw some pictures uh, that that roof is going on. They're, they're starting to put that clear, whatever space age stuff they, they put on top of that, <laughs> that roof. Uh, it, it's starting to take shape there. And uh, my goodness, I can't believe we're, we're almost here, but uh but Jake, I, I know you guys continue to. Uh, you guys did a great job with the AFC Championship game, and uh, tell everybody what they should be watching on uh, CBS and KCAL in terms of that great sports coverage. Yeah, of course, we've got Sports Central uh, every night on KCAL nine, and then uh, on Sundays we have our hour long show on CBS two, and then uh, our coverage later on that night uh, on KCAL nine and CBS two. Uh, I really enjoyed the the coverage of CBS. Uh, I must say that one of my favorite broadcast teams is Jim Nance and Tony Romo. I think Tony Romo has sort of surprised everybody in the broadcast booth. Unbelievable how he's able to you know read defenses from the booth and anticipate plays, and uh, he's able to call things out before they happen, and then you see them happen in real time. That typically doesn't happen uh, for broadcasters. So it's really, really great to watch them. And Rich, I'm excited for you to go check out the uh, the new stadium. Uh, and, and you mentioned the hard hats. I think that they have the Rams horns on them. So I'll be curious to see. Uh, I know you're a huge selfie taker, so... Uh, I really want to see, you know, some some great shots of you at the at the stadium. And then, of course, you know, hey, you know, if you want to continue to follow me, uh, I obviously have a, a, a sports, uh, a lot of sports takes on my timeline. But, you know, if you like a if you like a weird Twitter timeline, I'm, I'm definitely one of the one of the ones out there that has a, the strangest Twitter timeline out there, because one day you'll uh, you'll be getting some hot takes from me about the Lakers. And the next day I'll be talking about a uh, mountain lion attack. So it you know, you know never know what's gonna what's gonna come come from my timeline so if you if you want a weird timeline you want a weird follow uh reiner underscore jake is where you need to be yeah i mean if you if you ever want to just understand how weird southern california can be at times just just follow a, a reporter's uh twitter news reporter's twitter uh timeline and then the various things that uh, they have to cover it makes it interesting i'm sure but yeah jake 
does an outstanding job. Follow him on Twitter, as he said, at Reiner underscore Jake. Uh, you can follow me at Rich underscore Hammond. I'm going to be doing a Rams mailbag for The Athletic this week. So uh, be taking questions on Twitter. So if you have a, any kind of Rams question that, that you want answered, I'll do my best to answer it. Don't always have the answers, but uh, I certainly will try and we'll, we'll take on any questions. So go on over to Twitter and uh, ask away. I'll, t- I'll take any questions that you have. So we'll be back with you next week. Maybe, maybe by then we'll have an official announcement on a couple coordinators. Maybe we'll have talked to them. I'm, I'm not sure. Looking forward to that. And when we do, we will certainly bring you uh, their comments and, and their insight into the Rams and their new jobs and all of that. But no matter what, we're going to have a lot to talk about going into the combine, going into free agency. So looking forward to that. Thank you for everybody for listening. Thank you to those who uh, subscribe to The Athletic. Appreciate that. If you're not on board yet, definitely uh, give us a look and, and consider that. Thank you. You'll really enjoy the content. And of course, always keep uh, the TV on either Channel 2, Channel 9, KCAL, or CBS. And uh, thank you for watching there. And we will be back with you next week. So have a good week, Rams fans.